0: please visit gurusing.com. Bless you. we tuning in to the small child that we are. You know, we also tune in to the, to the warrior, soldier, saint and sage that we are. But sometimes we just need to be held. Feel that masterful child, that seed, S-E-E-D. In Sanskrit and Gurumukhi, it's the bij. That seed that's sitting there inside you. And we're going to gently awaken it so that it can be playful in our lives. Keep all those sounds coming. Keep all those sounds coming. Don't turn any of them down. And like that small child, that seed of your highest awareness, it's always filled with curious anticipation. And it's the curious anticipation inside the seed that is anticipating the germination, the stepping outside of safety, the safety of the shell. Our shell is made up of many things. Usually it's made up of our obstacles, our challenges and our problems. We use that seed of our obstacles, that shell of our obstacles, challenges and problems to enclose our precious seed. To protect our precious seed. And yet on the other side of that curious anticipation, We want our seed to grow, to blossom, to flower, to reach to the light. And so there's always that conflict between the seed and the shell. Knowing that this is a very safe environment, this men's camp, We've experienced each other in our innocence. We awaken the child of our seed in this moment. Feel that precious sacred seed of mastery And all the germination is, is a continuum of moments. And as Guru Prem shared with us this morning, you have always enough for the next step, the next moment. Feel that seed in you, as the true you, and the task you've had your entire life is to explain to the seed of you that you're safe, to expose you. Every skirmish, every agreement, every embrace, every punch was all a part of that explanation. You punched to try to make yourself safe whether it was verbal or physical. You embraced to acknowledge safety. Whether psycho-emotionally or physically. All the while communicating to your seed. We've spent these days recognizing, recognizing how we have come in to this lifetime from the vastness of the transfinite cosmos, the multiverse, megaverse, universe, galaxy, solar system, planets. And that was our first experience the first day we were coming in from everywhere we had been both physically and spiritually and on the second day we were all about working our way up through the body glove through all of those safety nets that can keep us in familiarity. With a driving force to explore the unknown. With a driving force to explore the unknown. And we came out of that throat center into a full view of the dragon. And the dragon looked back and challenged us, each one of us. Are you capable of mastering the five elements? the tattvas. Even the slightest doubt throws you out. And so we have been practicing every morning, every noon, every afternoon, every evening to be able to recognize the precursors in our emotional body. So that we can ride that dragon as a benevolent warrior, sage, saint, soldier. With a single intention of, can I serve you? Can I serve you? Can I serve you? Knowing that what goes around always comes back round. It's the nature of the cosmos. And today, we're going to work with the waves of time influencing the seed of our mastery. waves of time as they influence the seeds of our mastery. And in this process we will call upon our guides, our gurus, our saviors, our prophets, our angels, our plants, our minerals, our animals. Build yourself a totem that symbolizes what character are you in this lifetime play. Because if we were not all supposed to be unique, we wouldn't all have been invented. And today we're going to get into our seed and determine what is it that that seed is going to grow out through the time. When we walk from this land, what part of your ultimate character will you produce in the next 40 days, 120 days, 300 and whatever number of days until you come back to men's camp. And beyond. In mind my, myself, Wahe Guru, I am the. It's a beige mantra. It's a mantra of a seed looking out from within its shell, longing to take the risk of germinating. So for the next moments, look out from inside the shell of your habits and patterns. And remember that the shell is the first nourishment of the seed as it dissolves, it creates the nutrition that enables the seed to sprout. So begin to dissolve that shell. Begin to grow that seed. If you feel like it, extend your legs out in front of you and feel them as roots. And stretch your arms above you and feel them as sprouts. Feel the moon, you feel the sun, you feel the earth, and as your arms are reaching out into those spaces, feel yourself surrounded by your guides your angels, your gurus, your saviors, your animals, your plants, your minerals. Experience the core sensations of the vast support, the nutritional support, the emotional support, the psychic support, the spirit support. Hold on to one or two or more of your angelic guides, gurus, prophets, saviors. Hold on to them. Have personal conversations with them address them on a first name loving basis ask for help ask them to watch while you demonstrate your talents And then, after demonstrating your talents, check in with them. How'd I do? How'd I do? And they'll appear to you in the form of other people, of other circumstances, of other situations. And they will answer your questions. The word fidence means faith in Latin French. Con means with. Confidence means with faith. Walk with confidence. In. Even if you feel scared out of your wits you are also confident it's part of that same wave of time that makes up every moment because infinity is infinite everywhere always And so combine that confidence with your fears and doubts. And let your fears and doubts simply be the shadows that give you perspective. The seed is growing And there is nothing more frightening to the seed than germination. And there is nothing more aligned with the seed than germination. And so within germination is its greatest fear and its greatest purpose simultaneously. So when you feel your great fears, when you feel your great doubts, realize that's the shell. Dissolve it to solve it, to engage it as nourishment. And let that fear and doubt be the stimulus that engages your cells and moves you into your confidence. Feel the newness of your sprouted self. The second most fear inspiring moment of a seed germinating after it has experienced that sensation of breaking the shell, is breaking through the surface of the earth and experience the sunlight and moonlight for the first time. Because in that moment, it is so fragile that whether it is a seed of a major, major forest tree or the seed of a blade of grass, in the moment of breaking the surface, it's edible by everything. And so you feed your growth point. Because once that growth point is eaten, nothing more will take place. And so with great reverence, you nurture that growth point. I am who I am. 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 am. I am who I 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 am. am. things that I heard Yogi Bhajan say is one of the things that I have kept with me all along and that was that he said that which cannot be experienced and that experience which cannot be explained is of no value and what we see in the world today is the lack of experience because people are not experiencing their moment They're describing it to themselves. They're going, hmm, this reminds me of, oh, what does this look like? Oh, and then nowadays it's, oh, wow, look at this nature. Right? Right? So we're losing it more and more and more and more, that experience. But we're also completely losing the explanation. Because we are describing the experience, we're not experiencing the experience. So we have to experience the experience in order to explain the experience. And what you have been doing at this men's camp is you have been experiencing your experience and then we've been getting explanations about the experience. Let's give Guru Prem Singh a big hand, huh? (laughs) Yeah. I remember when Yogi Bhajan called him out and said, okay, you're going to be the master of postures. And he felt like me. I went through teacher training in 14 seconds. That's fast, huh? Yeah, that's pretty fast. He got a phone call, came back in the classroom, looked down at me, and said, Guru Singh, you're here, teach the class. I came up and sat on the teacher's bench and I looked out at about 200 people who were all totally pissed (laughs) (laughs) for two reasons. One, he wasn't teaching the class and two, I was not them. (laughs) When he told Guru Prem Singh that you're the master of asana and posture, Everybody else in the room went, what is that all about? (laughs) Why isn't it me? And he had to put up, right? He had to put up with that, you know? So when you self-initiate, self-inaugurate, just know that shit's coming back quick. (laughs) Huh? So when you've just gone through what you've just gone through, I am, I am, I am, and somebody's going to come along and go, Oh, yeah? <laughs> right? And you got to have a non-conflicted response to the oh, yeah. Like, almost like, right, I know what you mean, you know? But hey, try it sometime, you know? <laughs> you, know? you can question me, but... That's me, you know, it's like, you know, I'm just crazy, you know. You get away with a lot looking like this, you know. (laughs) Nobody expects you to act normal. So it's like, it's like crazy in disguise, right? Sort of disguised as a religious garb, (laughs) right. So every moment is a seed. And I loved what Guru Prem gave us as a quote today. It was probably his quote. And he said that you're always ready for the next moment. You're always prepared. You're all, I'm ad living now, but we heard what he said, right? Yeah. You've always got enough for the next step. But because we're always looking at the end goal, the next step doesn't feel like it's fulfilling the end goal. So I want you to think about the seed. You know, the seed, they've taken seeds that they have found in the uh, Dead Sea uh, clay urns, you know, those, those there's a lot of seed in there. A lot of, you know, different kinds of seed like maybe some wheat and maybe some other things, but there's a lot of seeds in those urns and they haven't sprouted them, but they have, Um, done MRIs on them, and they are identical to a brand new seed. Thousands of years old. Thousands of years old. If they were to take one of those seeds, put it in water, it would germinate. So what has been protecting the assets of who you are to be in this lifetime has been with you for a very long time. And those protective shells have one assignment. Be nasty. And you look at the shells of many seeds, they've got thorns on them. Some of them even are poisonous. And they have all kinds of protective elements. So when you come out of your shell and you start to develop yourself, you got a lot of shell debris around you that has been used to protect you for lifetimes. But you also have some genetic shell that has come up through the DNA, which has been assigned to you perfectly in the equation of your life. Your mother, father, grandparents, etc. The seven generations, and they're now even saying that they have felt the medical science is saying that they have actually analyzed the genetic frequencies, 14 generations of these frequencies existing. Well, at seven generations, that's 254, but it's an exponential number at 14. It's in the tens of thousands of predecessors that have contributed to your body. Your incarnations have contributed to your soul body. So your physical body and your soul body have come together and we went through all of that in Tuesday's class which was how do we make our way up through all of the mechanism from the pelvic floor up through the diaphragm picking up pulling it into the lungs and the heart and then bringing it up through the throat doing asanas and kriyas and postures etc. and mantras and all of that breath all of the things that we study and practice in this In this science but all of that is your seed your genetic component your cosmic component and in that seed this is a near if not total final lifetime for you in this dimension otherwise you wouldn't be at men's camp you'd be at Joe's bar you know tossing a couple down the gullet Go, Montreal. Go. go. <laughs> you know, my team won, yeah. <laughs> One of two, you know, I had both. So we we look at this shell, and the shell is always what gets in our way. We have chunks of shell, we have chunks of shell assigned to other people, we have chunks of shell assigned to circumstance. We have chunks of shell assigned to many different aspects of our life. And these are the things that block us, that make us doubt, or that doubt us. And it's all for good reason. One time, as I maybe said, but if I didn't, I'll say it, I ran the first business that 3HO had, which was a factory. Oh, I did tell you, because we did yoga with the boots on, right? And this factory was, we made very expensive furniture. And we were selling to all of the department stores all over the United States. And back in the late 70s, we were doing a few million dollars in business, which was respectable. And then all of a sudden, there was the economic downturn of the 1980s when prime rates went up to about 18%, it was crazy. And nobody was buying luxury items. And we were were manufacturing a luxury item. And so all of these stores with all of this merchandise that they hadn't yet paid for, because those big stores wait a long time to pay, said hey we got an easy out and they would send people into their warehouse with a hammer and they would bang and dent the brass beds and tables and things that we were making and ship them back as damaged goods we ended up with a warehouse of about five hundred thousand dollars worth of material that we were upside down on we had no way of getting through this we had factored loans out. We had so much debt. We, had, we were just, I would go to work just to cry. You know, because I could cry safely at work. I'd shut my office door. I'd look at the, the, the spreadsheet, and I would just say, ah. Then the phone rang. And he would always sense if you were going through something really, really troublesome. And he says, Guru Singh! And I thought, why is he so happy? (laughs) How are you? And I took a little while to answer, you know, because I was trying to think, okay, what words am I going to use to describe this sensation? And because I took more than just an instant, He goes, what, what, I can't hear you. I said, I haven't said anything, sir. (laughs) Well, tell me, how are you doing? I said, not very well. Then all of a sudden it was like I had a child on the other end. Aw, he said, (laughs) aw. What's the matter? Now I'm really pissed, you know. <laughs> he's not my teacher. He's not my friend. I just want to punch him in the head, you know. And he said, "Okay, Guru Singh, apsahi hoa, a da, a doa, huda, huda, huda. Put it on, make a tape, have it play all the time." It's 1980, there's no such thing as something playing all the time. It's the Stone Age, right? But Radio Shack had these little Mobius strip cassettes that you could buy 30 second, 60 second, that you would put in an answering machine that would always end at the same place, that would always repeat the same message, right? Hello, you've reached Guru Singh, shut up and... Whatever. Because I was pissed. So we got everybody together and we we're huddled around this little crazy cassette recorder, and we've got to do it in exactly 60 seconds. Right? So we got it all set up. And somebody's looking at the clock. And we got this loop tape and we put it on. And it didn't stop going for about five, seven months somewhere around there. And then, as you know, with cassettes, if they play continuously, they begin to strip the um, the iron oxide off of the of the plastic tape and th- and then when they've done that, they have a little pile of dust in a clear tape that says nothing. And so we arrived at that moment, and I came in and I came into the office in the morning and I Oh my God, the tape's not playing, we're dead. <laughs> oh no, we're dead. <laughs> so I call up Yogi Vajan and, and, and he, he says, I said, it stopped playing, it stopped playing. He said, Well, have you had any ideas in the in between? And I said, Yeah, I had this one idea. He says, What is it? And I said, Well, instead of selling to stores, we'll change our name from, Sun- from Golden Temple Industries Sunshine Brass Beds to Brass Beds Direct and we'll sell it because we got like a half a million dollars worth of merchandise um, that we can't get rid of and we're just scraping by and we're, I mean, we're, we got debt that we're six months behind in payment. And he says, okay. He says, that sounds like a good idea. Just, we can sell all this stuff as damaged goods and you get a discount and all that and we've seen it like wholesale direct to the public. He says, but before you do that, go ask the lawyer and the accountant. Have I already told this story? No. Because some of you are looking at me like, keep going. <laughs> so I call up the accountant and he says, Oh, Jesus Gersing, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. Oh, God, that's terrible. We gotta figure out what bankruptcy is gonna mean here. Naya, I, I thank you very much. That was encouraging. I call up the lawyer and the lawyer says, oh my God, we're going to get sued. This is terrible. I go back to Yogi Bhajan and he says, okay, so did you talk to them? And I said, yeah. He says, what did they say? And I told him what they said. And he said, okay, prove them wrong. Well, now I had an enemy, the lawyer and the accountant. And you work really good against an enemy, don't you? When you got somebody that's challenging your faith, you, you, either, you either run away or you match up to the challenge. So this was kind of like cool. This was orchestrated by that divinity, right? Within six months, we were swimming in cash. We had created a sensation in the greater Southern California area. That turned into direct sofas, direct this, direct that, direct this. We started an industry with apsahai hoa, such a da, such a doa. Apsahai hoa means I overcome, I, by the guidance of the infinite, I overcome every obstacle. And it's what it means in that sutra from the Aquarian age there is a way through every block. But this was a new idea. This was an untried idea. This was We had people that would drive from Phoenix because they would get the LA Times that we were advertising. We had people driving down from San Francisco. We had people driving from everywhere in that southwestern area coming. And we said, wow, it works so good locally. Let's take it nationally. And we started advertising in national magazines. And we built this business into a cash cow. And instead of making... on the bottom line with people maybe or maybe not paying in 30, 60, 90, 120 days and discounting their payments because of all the things that they were claiming. We had people giving us a half-down deposit. We had money before we had to do anything. I remember one time I had to bring a a briefcase filled with tens of thousands of dollars to Solstice because I couldn't figure out where to put it during the time that we were gonna be gone. So I had tens of thousands of dollars in a briefcase sitting in our tent (laughs) at Solstice. (laughs) Prove them wrong. Who? The experts. So there's experts in all of our lives that are challenging our most creative ideas that we believe might be able to get us out of whatever we're in the midst of, get us over the next hurdle. You've all got stories like this if you go back in and think about it because we all learned to walk. And when we learned to walk, we fell down more times learning I mean, a full fall down, not just a ooh, 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 but just like face plant. We fell down more times than we have ever since. Some of us can't even remember, I shouldn't probably say this, but some of us can't even remember when was the last time we had a full on fall down. But standing on two legs is nuts. What stands on two legs? Nothing. And the only reason that we know we can stand on two legs is because we saw other people doing it. The only reason that we know that a human being can walk on water is because we've heard that it's been done. Not just by Jesus, but by a lot of great masters. We know that you can bilocate, we know that you can teleport. Because you read Autobiography of a Yogi and you hear about Sri Yukteswar, which was our family's first teacher. We know these things. We don't see them prevalently in front of us, but we know they have been done. Now, what has happened? They have been trademarked and branded and declared off limits by religion. We're the ones that are going to break those laws. Because as I was hearing from somebody, Tiaga Prem, he said, What? I am a what? Rebel. And I saw the whole classroom going, Fucking A, got that right. <laughs> he wasn't talking about himself, he was talking about ourselves. Yeah. We are all rebels. Yogi Bhajan Was, oh, he had people in India, he had people all over the world that hated him because of how far out he was extending the possibilities. Those are reaching into the unknown. I had no idea if BrassBeds Direct was going to work, but I also knew it would. In other words, I had what's called unreasonable knowing, knowing without a reason. Have you ever been called unreasonable? In your life, have you ever been given that greatest compliment on earth? Second greatest compliment on earth is you're stubborn. Third greatest compliment on earth is you're impossible because it's your unreasonable stubbornness of impossibility that has allowed you to come here and experience this. And all of those are a part of the seed because the seed's job is to enter what it's never entered before. A seed doesn't have a checklist that goes, okay, tomorrow I have to do this, and tomorrow I have to, let me see, tomorrow I have to grow a branch like this, okay. And a root like this, right? No, no. That seed is making its way through time and space. And it has never done it before. Those who feel they need instructions, Yogi Bhajan said, the one question you must never ask is how. He said, don't ask how, determine when. And walk And it will be shown to you. How many times are you really able to do that? Most kids do it all the time. Learning to walk and talk was all of that. That's what we got there. But most people at the age of 22 stop doing any of that because they've experienced so much conflict in their life that they don't want to do it anymore. And what happens to the human brain when you stop doing that? Begins to shrink. So at the age of 22, which is two times the cycle of intelligence, right? Two times the cycle of mind. The brain begins to shrink because you're not expressing and exploring those new places that are all sitting within your seed. And you've gathered the shells that are still left all around you. And you go, well, I can't do that because of that. And I can't do this because of that. And so we gather this safety net around us which is filled with reasons so that we don't dare allow ourselves to be unreasonable. And what is that called? Normal. It's called normal. What are we called? Abnormal. Abnormal. (laughs) I mean, even at some points, you're even mistaken for insane. The fact is regarding insanity, is that in this natal, this is where you learn from insanity. This is where you learn, because what is insanity? Insanity is just all of those pieces with no center point. Everybody has all of those pieces. Most people get through life disguised as normal because they ignore all of those pieces. You were hypersensitive and you couldn't ignore all those pieces, so you had to have, they had to be all there. And then you felt all confused and you felt all disoriented until you found your center point. And one of the things about Kundalini Yoga that happens very quickly is you find a center point. And so, what we have going on here in this escalation is we've got Guru Gobind Singh's 960 million. And we're sitting up here. Don't you think for a moment that any of you are anywhere on this chart except right up here? You're a master in the. Absolutely. So, isn't this a cool PowerPoint? (laughs) You know, some people have those newer PowerPoints where you just push a button, you know? I've got the analog PowerPoint. In your seed, when you're a small child, you catch glimpses of. How many of you have ever felt like you're an enlightened master? Anytime in your life. That's beautiful. I would say almost 90% of you raised your hands. The other 10% are wondering, should I raise my hand? Because every one of us has felt from time to time, wow, I'm phenomenal. Isn't that right? You know, with the right situation and the right location, wow, I'm phenomenal. And then somebody will tell you you're full of yourself. Yogi Bhajan said, if anybody ever tells you you're full of yourself, say thank you. Because I'm glad I'm not full of somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) So within your seed is that enlightenment, because a seed is infinity. The seed of an oak tree has an oak tree. What does an oak tree have? Hundreds and thousands of seeds, correct? Acorns. Every year. Every year. And every one of those acorns is exactly like the original acorn, similar in quite a few ways. And that goes on and on and on and on and on and on, and it's been coming on and on and on and on. So a seed is infinity. So your seed of infinity is what allows you to ride your wave of time. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more. All the classes can be found now on gurusingh.teachable.com. There's going to be long form classes available there, 30 minute long yoga classes with Kriya. There's also what is called a kundalini recharge. It's a brief lecture about something like depression or gratitude or achievement or partnering or success and it'll be a lecture with a pranayama, breathing exercise and a single asana that you can just jump into during the day and then it'll round out with an affirmation or meditation and these will be like 11 minutes and then there are also going to be audio files which are guided 11 minute meditations which you can listen to and that's all within gurusing.com Satnam.